Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Well, welcome, friends. As we begin a new season today, Walt and I are glad you've joined us. We are going to turn our focus over the coming weeks to praise and adore Him. You know, certainly we all experience days when words of praise just don't seem to roll off our tongue. But in our scripture passages today, David will give us examples of how we can approach those times, those days when life is difficult and it may seem hard for your lips, for my lips to praise the Lord. You know, it's very interesting because in 2 Samuel 22 and Psalm 18, we have two very similar accounts from David's life. If you put these two chapters side by side, they are almost identical. The book of 2 Samuel is set in an historical framework, but both chapters are written as Hebrew poetry. You know, David's opening words in 2 Samuel 22 say this, David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he begins Psalm 18 with these words, I love you, O Lord, my strength. And so I ask this question, who is God? Who is God as David opens these words of praise back to the Lord? And he gives us some beautiful descriptors. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress, my deliverer. He is my God. He is my rock. I take refuge. He's a shield. He is the horn of my salvation. You know, my God, he is the stronghold. Then we think of Masada down at the Dead Sea when we're in Israel, that fortress that is just a solid rock raising up from the surface of the land. He is my refuge. He is my savior. Oh, Lord, you save me. And you know, as we read through those words and we pause and we meditate on those phrases in verses two and three, my response is, I call upon the Lord. David leads us in this. He says, call upon the Lord. Why? He is worthy to be praised. And here we have a head to heart. David says, I'm saved from my enemies. David was pursued by men who wanted to put him to death, including King Saul. Who are your enemies? Who are my enemies? You know, we face people who sin against us. They seek to gain power, to have control over us. They want to tear us down, humiliate us. We face medical issues and diseases. We have accidents and our physical and emotional brokenness in this world. We all face enemies of this world system, our own flesh, and the evil schemes of Satan. So what should we do in these moments on these days? David says, 
call upon the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. You know, and David tells us that he, in his distress, called upon the Lord. I called for help to my God. He said, help me, God, help. I cried for help, and God heard my cry to him. From his temple, he heard my voice, and my cry for help came to his ears, this personification. God's listening intently. He wants to hear the voice of his child crying out for help. And then he responds. God responds by saying he is angry. And I I love this because often we think of anger as a negative emotion. But in this passage, God's angry. And he's angry because, because his child, his beloved, his anointed one, King David, had these enemies, especially Saul, when he had all the power and David had almost none. Well, and it talks about God and his amazing power when he's angry. The earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the mountains were trembling. Smoke went up, fire from his mouth, coals were kindled. He rode upon a cherub, he sped upon the wings of the wind. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. I I love that there, that thundering from heaven. Um, and this repetition, probably during this psalm, as we talk about it, you're, you're like, oh, they already said that. That's because the text keeps repeating that. Here it talks about hailstones and coals of fire. And these words paint a picture of God's judgment on the enemies of his righteous one. Um, that's what happened when he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. They were wicked. And he sends out arrows and his enemies are scattered. He flashes lightning, and his enemies were routed, and there was an overwhelming defeat. Then, David continues, he rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They're too mighty for David. But remember, friends, this teaches us that even though we have strong enemies, an enemy hates us, just as he hated Jesus and tempted him in the Judean wilderness— We have enemies that are too mighty for us to handle on our own. But David reminds us, the Lord was my support. Therefore, we need God to be our rock, our refuge, our deliverer, um, and a fortress and a stronghold at times when we feel we're going to be overwhelmed. And the head to heart here, and I've got to remind myself of this, Sometimes I look at um, the situation around me. I look at, at enemies. I look at situations that that um, that are in danger of harming us, in danger of harming me. And, and I become anxious and I become fearful. But God urges us in our distress to cry to him, to come to him, to focus on his majesty, his power, and even his anger at the sin that attacks us. And remember, God says he will hear your voice. You know, we might not experience deliverance here on earth. Um, There are saints that are put to death, but ultimately his children will be welcomed into the Father's house and rewarded for their trust and their faith in the Lord. And, you know, even as you share that, Walt, another thought I have is, then what is my daily relationship with the Lord? Am I walking with him consistently every day? Do I have that relationship that I can call out to God and cry out to him? And David tells us in Psalm eighteen nineteen, he, God, rescued me because he delighted in me. You know, the Lord delights in each of his children. If you are a child of God, 
He delights in you. The Lord dealt with me according to my righteousness. He's rewarded me according to the cleanness of my hands, for I have kept the way of the Lord. God is pleased when his children choose to follow his rules, to walk according to his statutes. He's pleased when his children stay away from sin, stay away from iniquity, and when they live a faithful life, live each day with integrity. David says, Lord, you will rescue the humble person. Have I put my pride aside? Do I confess my sin and my pride? Do I bring those before the Lord and ask for forgiveness? In his strength, David says, I can crush any army, and with God I can scale any wall. You know, David's not claiming to be Superman here, and he's not claiming to be sinless, but rather he's pointing to the Lord. He knows that the Lord is the source of his strength in the midst of the battle. In difficult situations, he cries out to God. And you know, the Apostle Paul repeats a similar statement for us in the New Testament. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God will give us the strength we need today. And you, you know, even as you were reading those words, and I was thinking, um, David had gone up against literal giants, and and he um, he wasn't big enough to handle them. But he said, "You've mocked God. God will deliver me, and God will destroy you." And so he had that in his mind from a youth. God will rescue. He takes great delight in his children. In this case, David, but you and me also. For David declares, you are my lamp, O Lord, and my God, you lighten my darkness. I love in Psalm 119 that talks about the word of God. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then also in John 8, 12, Jesus spoke these words and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And even though he's talking about that light and and living according to the word of God, David continues, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true, always true. He's a shield for all those who take refuge in him. His way is perfect. It's tried and true, and he's a shield. We can run to him and take refuge in him. And now, again, this rock imagery, for who is God but the Lord, and who is a rock except our God? Our God is a solid rock. Um, even as I, I say that, a solid rock, it reminds me of a hymn that was penned over 150 years ago. And it says, when all around my soul gives way, he, God, then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He's powerful. He's strong. He's forgiving. God is faithful. He's gracious. And he's loving. What a rock is that? Yeah, and we can find real peace in those words, Walt. And I have to confess, there are just many, many times 
that I run past these verses. And, and when we sit, when we soak in them, when we take time to speak these words, these phrases, these, and just read the verses, even out loud back to the Lord, right? right. That is how he brings that strength, how he brings that peace in the midst of our fear, our worry, our anxiety. It always helps me if I've got a song to sing during the day. And you know, even as you say that, you bring great songs and laughter and joy into our family's life and have done that for all 40 years. And I'm so grateful that that's part of who God has made you to be. You love to play the piano. You love to sing. And I love to hear you when you do that. Well, sometimes they're sort of silly, but I do admit I've been singing on Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And it is an excellent hymn to meditate and sing. God provides a strong refuge for us in times of trouble. He is our rock. And you know, Walt, we both love this verse in Psalm 18.33. When we're in Israel, when we are down by the Dead Sea, we go to En Gedi, and he makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me upon the high places and we stand there. We have, they're beautiful waterfalls. We've walked up through this national park. We often see the rock badgers, but the most beautiful thing, the fascinating sight is to watch the ibex, the wild goats. They run, they scamper, they leap uh, from rock to rock. And I remember one particular group that we had in the past, some amazing pictures that, oh, yeah. that, you know, that our photographer got at Atson, remember? <laughs> Very steep rock formations. Yeah, and even the young ibex are able to move effortlessly uh, along the steep slopes. And remember the one time we saw a uh, a fox, a desert fox, chasing a little ibex. And, and the little ibex is running all around, and eventually the fox just tumbles down this, and all the people are clapping, yay, the <laughs> ibex got away. Yeah. But they're amazing, and he makes my foot sure. He gives me a wide place for the steps under me. My feet did not sleep slip. God directs our steps when we call to him, when we ask him to lead us, to guide us, he will not let my foot slip. And you know, we know from the scripture, David was familiar, familiar with all the place from the, the Judean wilderness at the edge of Bethlehem all the way to the Dead Sea. He was there. I mean, he was at En Gedi. He saw these wild goats, and there, where he hid in a cave, and Saul came in to relieve himself. David was there, and and he then continues in this wonderful psalm, the Lord lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. Do you think that there's some repetition going on here? The David's God, living in the rock. He, he so, is. Yeah. He lived for years in the rocks. Yep. And then God, he, he gave me vengeance. He brought down the people under me who brought me out from my enemies. You exalted me above those who rose up against me. You delivered me from the men of, of violence. This repetition that keeps on saying that, God, you're my rock. You're the rock of my salvation. You're the only one who can give the victory over the enemies in, in, in David's life and the enemies in your and my life. You exalt me, Lord, and you deliver me. And for all those reasons and more, I, I want to praise and adore you. 
I want to praise and adore you. Yes, God is the one. He is the one who truly is able to deliver us. He is the deliverer. He gives us strength. He gives us victory over every enemy we face. And as we begin to close these two chapters, remember we've been in 2 Samuel 22 and Psalm 18. We've been going back and forth, and I hope you'll open your Bibles to those two chapters and actually compare them. That's what we've done as we've prepared our lesson for today. But as we close for this I will praise you, Lord, among the nations and sing praises to your name. What? Because you delivered me. Just as Walt said, you exalt me, you deliver me, you have given me the victory over enemies in my life. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed. Steadfast love here is his hesed love, his covenant-keeping, loyal, faithful love. He has shown this to David and to his offspring forever. David says, I will praise you, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. You bring great salvation to me. You show steadfast love to me. You know, in the scripture passages today, we've seen the Lord is our rock over and over and over. He's a rock. He's a rock. He is our fortress. He is our deliverer. The Lord is our strength. He is our salvation. We can trust him and we can take refuge in him. Going back to Psalm 18.3, David's words, I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So I shall be saved from my enemies. I'm calling upon the Lord. I cry out to him. He is worthy to be praised. Friends, we hope these verses today have encouraged you in your walk and in your life that you will praise and adore God this week. And until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.